Welcome to Venture Step Podcast, where we listen to successful entrepreneurs and C-level individuals. Today on the show, we have no one. And that's not a joke. We really don't have anyone because, well, this podcast is to explain why I started a podcast in the first place. And I should have done this the first episode, but I didn't. So here we are. Let's just give a little bit about myself and who I am. So kind of like my, you know, growing up, I played sports. I was always curious about business and numbers. Evidently, that all always leads to entrepreneurship. And when I was working anywhere, I always would think of like, how would the owner do this? Like if I was the owner, how could I make improvements or how could we do this better? Even though I was like a busser or some some random job position that is not necessarily the person that should be making suggestions on how to run a business, but I was always there and uh, sometimes getting reprimanded because of that. In college, I majored in finance and business analytics. And then in college, I founded a company called Anyone Who Great. And I'm going to touch on that a little bit later, but I recently just graduated college And now I am a product analyst at a large insurance company. And Anyone Who Great is a company I founded to try to solve a problem, right? There is a lot of companies nowadays, I'm not saying Nike or Adidas, but for like more of like the Instagram companies, like for example, a big one would be Gymshark. Uh, If you're not familiar with Gymshark, they're, they're pretty large with the younger crowd of kids. And basically, their marketing scheme is to market via YouTube or Instagram influencers. So if you have more than a thousand followers on Instagram or more than a thousand subs on YouTube, you're kind of eligible. And I'm pretty sure unless they change the requirements that you need to have both. So you you need to. So the problem is with that is Gymshark uses athletes that are using performing enhancing drugs and that kind of influences people's perspectives on on themselves so you know i kind of didn't like that and i think that it could have been done better right like you shouldn't be if it's not achievable like it's never you're never going to be able to look like that unless you take drugs yourself which is kind of harmful so that was kind of like my idea. And I got the idea actually from, I was, I had a trip with my mom and we were flying to Austin to kind of explore the area. Cause at one point in college, I really wanted to live in Austin and, and, and work as an analyst or like a data analyst in Austin at, at a tech company or something like that. On the flight there from Florida where I live currently, and grew up, I fell asleep and I had some vivid dream where I was speaking like to a lot of people, like thousands of people. And then I got off the stage and I went into this office building and the office building, when I came off the elevator, it had this logo when it it was like an absolute value sign and a carrot sign. And I didn't know what it meant until later on in the dream, I explained the logo and the logo basically meant no matter what, 
positive or negative influence in your life is always positive depending on your applied mindset. So that sounds pretty interesting to have all in a dream. So I woke up and I wrote it down and I, you know, started a company because I, I always wanted a company. I always wanted to try, but I think that starting young is definitely the best time for someone to really give it a go, to give it a, a proper go because you don't have family. I mean, guarantee that I don't know everyone's situation, but for the most part, people that are under, say, 23, they don't have like a wife and kids or like three kids and like some job, a mortgage, like they're not really tied down. So they could easily, you know, make a mistake and lose money and it not be detrimental or affect other people. Like when you're older and you have kids, like it's not just you, like you can't just do whatever you want and, you know, take out a, a second mortgage on your house and throw it all in the business and it fails and you lose everything that, that is, that is not a good idea. So try early and if you didn't try early then you know try when you feel that it's safe because it's a big risk so the, the original idea was to solve the problem and the way that i was going to go about solving the problem was to give back to the community would like see like a a siphon a siphon of the revenue go to a charity one charity i really liked that was local that was going to call it while i was going to college at fau was a charity called Four Ocean. Four Ocean is a charity that takes plastic out of the water and they take the plastic and they make these really nice looking plastic, clear plastic bracelets that were pretty cool. And then 100%, I'm pretty sure, or at least majority of the proceeds go to funding the organization. I, I, I'm pretty sure that Four Ocean is 100%, but I guess I'll come back to you on that and I'll double check because this is being recorded live. So I, I don't want to say it's 100% and be wrong. And then the second part of the issue was the, the athletes using drugs. So I was going to like, I had to get to this point, right? Like I, I'm so naive. Like I thought out all these things and I didn't even, never mind. But so the second part was I needed to figure out a way to kind of Make sure that the athletes aren't taking drugs. So easy enough, you just drug test the athlete. But you know, there's there's ways around it. Like if you know when your drug test is gonna be, like you could, you know, you could drink a whole bunch of different drinks and like flush your system and all these different things. Ten athletes just pull a random one out of the hat and just like, okay, Jimmy, it's your time. Jessica, not this quarter, but maybe next quarter. You know, it's kind of gives that little little edge of uncertainty to am I going to get drug tested or not? And obviously, if there's that uncertainty that they, they would lose their their respect from their their fans if they were saying that they weren't doing drugs and they were. And that's an issue. I don't think it's an issue that athletes use drugs and they tell their fans like hey I went as far as I could go naturally and I honestly just want to see how far I can take the body right I don't think that's an issue but I do think it's a big issue when 
the person is on steroids and they don't say anything like they're like, Oh no, 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 no. I'm just naturally gifted. I'm just naturally one of those people that have 50 inch arms or something like that. So if you can kind of realize the end of the story is I failed. I definitely failed. So what I did was I started a store on Shopify and I started this thing called drop shipping, which is basically like you order like a product gets ordered on your website. Say you ordered a hat and a hat's a pretty easy example. You ordered a hat for $20, but the other person purchased the hat for $3 gives us $17. But the only caveat is that the store owner doesn't actually own the product. The product is stored at a warehouse and most likely the warehouse is not in America. It's somewhere where you can't really verify the quality of the products. You just kind of have to trust people's reviews on said websites. And then, you know, it's kind of like this uncertainty and also the order to shipping time is, it's not a while, but it's definitely not Amazon Prime. I'll tell you that. So it's about a week normally. So I did that for a bit, wrote some blogs and you know, I made some money, but there was an occurrence where a lady ordered some leggings and it stained her toilet seat. Like I guess the ink or something stained it from the leggings. So what I did was I refunded her money and then I also, I went out of the way and uh, just trying to have good customer service and I purchased her a new toilet seat, which, which is kind of absurd. And then I had some thoughts like, well, maybe I should try to ensure the quality of the product, right? This is on my website. I need to know what's going on. So I contacted manufacturers, designed a product that I, I thought that would be cool. I kind of tried to merge streetwear and athletic wear, try to have a different aesthetic because a lot of companies kind of look the same. So that was my idea. And the application of it on my end was, you know, it was pretty good for my, my first go. Like I, I looked at manufacturers in the US, China, and just various countries. And it seemed like the American manufacturers for the most part were trying to rip me off. <laughs> like they were giving me absurd prices. So I wound up just finding a manufacturer that I liked. Jerry was his name, the, the lead guy I was dealing with. And Jerry and I, we, we hit it off. We agreed on price, manufacturing. He then did the packaging for me. And when we get to the point where I pay, I pay the money. And there's this thing called, like, it's like trade insurance kind of, like where it's offered by Alibaba for certain manufacturers. So say that when you get the order, the order comes to you and it's like, hey, this isn't what I ordered. Like I ordered t-shirts and, and you gave me hats, man. And then you could be like, oh, well, I have trade insurance. So I can get my money back. But, you know, there there's some tight restrictions. The time you get the order, you, you only have, I think, like 20 days, 30 days or something like that. And when... I think it's less. I think it's 15. I would have to double check that. I'll say what it is at the end of the show. So I was on vacation when 
the product got shipped to my house. Like I, I wasn't there. I wasn't like actually on vacation. Like I wasn't in the Bahamas sipping, sipping on some umbrella drinks or something like that. I, I was at my Nana's and I, during college. I, I didn't really get to see my Nana very much because when I moved, well, I guess I didn't really move, but they moved. And Anna moved from a local location where I was going to school at FAU to somewhere else that was hours away. And it didn't really matter at the time because I had a car. But at one point, I was on the highway and I got into a car accident. Uh, and my car was totaled. So I can't just drop in, drop out whenever I wanted so I, I didn't really get to see her that much and I had a lot of responsibilities uh, at my university and other things going on so I couldn't really visit her so I was on vacation and I didn't think about it at the time and I had my roommate just say I just told him like I'm gonna I'm gonna be I didn't realize it because my roommate didn't tell me because I told him not to tell me and when I got there it was already past the deadline for the clothing so there was no ability for me to enact the trade insurance to file a claim. I'm not saying Jerry like gave me hats or anything. Jerry gave me what I asked for and what I designed, but wasn't the quality that I was expecting, the quality that was agreed on. So that kind of you know, made me feel a bit different, right? Like I didn't really believe in the product as much because I didn't get exactly what I wanted. I ordered some sporty tank tops that were kind of streetwear slash athletic wear. And then I also ordered a training set for women. So I had a sports bra and leggings. They actually turned out phenomenal. Like they were really nice. They were kind of like this pink and a light blue color and the they were just very nice. They were very, very, very nice, but they were a little thin, so they weren't squat proof. Meaning, like if you were squatting and you were wearing underwear, like you could see through the leggings, which is an issue. But I think that's a that's an issue like ongoing. There are quite a few nuances with leggings, and that's one of them. So there's like special leggings, like squat proof leggings that you that are made to do squats with but women's clothing is i'm just gonna say it it's complicated it's complicated i did not realize it i did not realize how complicated women's clothing was i can't just offer leggings and a set combined i i have to kind of sell them differently because you know you could be a large in leggings but you're small on your sports bra or you could be a large in your sports bra but a small in your leggings and i didn't really think about that at the time for some reason it sounds dumb but i didn't realize it like i was like okay like if they're a medium they're medium and i could kind of them all together make sure i don't have any mismatched pieces and then also no one else sells them that way, so I can kind of have an advantage. Like I can offer more for a better price, but 
Now I know that there was a reason why that they were mostly sold separately because people have different sizes in those parts of their body, which isn't the same for a male. Like if you're a large shirt, you you could be a large or a medium shorts or vice versa. It's not like such a large discrepancy. Like I could wear a large all round and be no issue, but I digress. So when I ordered both male and female clothing, I I initially thought like I could grow both markets. Like I could grow, have one or two sponsored athletes, grow both market segments so I could be diversified. But what I didn't think about is to do that, I need to have sales. And to get sales, I need to have advertising and content creation for ranking a 3% conversion rate on a, on a random social media ad is pretty good. So that, that was an issue that I didn't kind of think out was I wanted to, to accommodate both sexes because it's a problem for both sexes. And I wanted to grow both segments. But I didn't think about that to do that. I needed to advertise for both. And it was super expensive and I kind of had to, to make a choice like, what am I going to do? And my original idea was to have some sponsored males and some sponsored females right off the bat where I would give them free clothes and then they would just post. That was all they needed to do. So I gave out, I think, three sets of female and two sets of male. They're not sets, sorry, just two shirts. And the agreement was, I give you these clothes, then you, you post like once or twice, post twice, and then I give you these clothes and, and you post twice on the same day on various dates. So everyone posts the same day on various dates at the same time. So it sounded like an amazing idea. Everyone was on board, they thought it was a really cool idea, but the follow-through was not there. I think that one out of the two girls, yes, one out of the two girls posted. And then both the males posted, but I counted as one of the males. So it was, it was really only one person. And then I did a, a different shoot with a, another male. But the females, they didn't post. They kind of just took my clothes and didn't post anything. And when I asked them, like, why did you do that? They were like, oh, well, the clothing didn't really fit that well or this and that. And then I see them wearing it like on their story or on the internet, on somebody else's story. So it's just like, wow, like you really just took my clothes, didn't post, are wearing them, and you're not gonna give me any credit. So I learned my lesson there. If I ever do that again, it's gonna be a signed contract before it was it was more casual and I kind of just asked the person approached them hey this is what I'm trying to do would you mind how do you feel about this what are your thoughts do you think this is beneficial for both parties when I did that I got taken advantage of because they basically just stole my clothes so I'm gonna have to have a contract next time but I wanted to be I wanted it to be like friendly and fun and not something so serious and uptight that was the idea. So I have to figure that out, but that's a, that's a stretch of what I was really hyping up the product. I was I was telling everyone about it that would listen. I was like, "Hey, I have this thing going. Like, would would you would you be interested? 
would you be interested to put your name down for a pre-order and I'll contact you when everything's ready. This is what the product's going to look like. And a lot of people were actually pretty open to it. And not only did they allow me to put them on the list, they also, they followed up with me and for a couple months they were like, Hey, I'm still waiting for this product. I really want to support you. And I really think you have a good idea. What, what's the timeline here? When, when can I get my tank or when can I get my leggings set? I think these, the design is really cool. And, and I just want to purchase the clothes. Oh, oh, it will be soon. It will be soon. So I overhyped and I underdelivered. It took too long for the clothes. It took six months, something like that, five months from the design to the contract to delivery. And people lost interest. So that was something that I learned where if you're hyping something up, people don't want to wait forever. I mean, that seems obvious, right? But you have a lot of things going on and you kind of just get carried away like with your idea and trying to make it work. And I lost sales because of that. I lost probably 30 people that when it came around to the product that maybe before they would have been open to it, but now they're, they were closed minded because I overhyped and I under delivered their expectations. I took too long. If I didn't take too long, then I probably would have sold all my product, which is okay. Cause those are, those are all learning experiences and take a quick advertisement break. And we'll be right back. Thank you. Welcome back from the break. The last thing I want to talk about is Venture Step Podcast. The reason why I started and my plans. I want to really share the journey of entrepreneurship because a lot of times for various reasons, the way that stories are explained via media or from said entrepreneur, there is a gap. There's a gap of will listen and hear the last five they don't hear the first 15 and so what my idea is to share the journey ongoing of me learning on how to be a good entrepreneur and hopefully it doesn't take 20 years hopefully that but if it does then so be it but the idea is to share the full journey right there's a lot of people that rightfully so, don't put themselves out there until they're a domain expert. Like you don't see people on YouTube, hopefully not in the recommendation algorithm, that are a coding expert in some language or a copyright expert or a doctor when they're not doctors. Like that makes sense. But the doctor doesn't show you how he got there or she got there or they them. A lot of times it's, whoop, I'm a doctor. So I think entrepreneurship is something that is kind of interesting, at least to me and hopefully to other entrepreneurs, where they could kind of, oh, have an aha moment where they're like, oh, wow, he did that. And that didn't work. So I was thinking about doing the same thing. So how about I don't do that and I, I do something else? And then... I think that it's good to share failures to, to kind of show that entrepreneurship is an iterative process where you fail and then you just kind of learn another way how not to do something. 
it's not a a one shot gig most of the time. Like you're you're not gonna just gonna write some code on the computer and you have you fall into Facebook. Like that's just that is doesn't happen. And also I wanted to kind of give myself a better opportunity to connect with other entrepreneurs because I wanted to give myself an opportunity to connect with other entrepreneurs and learn from them and share ideas and learn about their business and and see how they started and what kind of books they like to read and shows and movies just to get a better idea of want to get a better idea of entrepreneurs by having them on the show and learning from them and, and their business ideas and how they implemented them. Oh, when, what kind of mistakes did they make and how did they move past it or succumb obstacles that were challenging and kind of demoralizing at the moment. And it kind of strengthened the company or broke the company and and if it broke the company, how how come? Why? And if it made the company better, then why? The key reason for asking questions is to try to get a reasonable answer. So I'm asking questions to other entrepreneurs. Why did this happen? Like, why did you do so well? Why did you think this was a good idea? And so what I originally thought was to ask these like standardized questions where I would get a question. One of them, for example, would be your favorite book. And then I would get an answer. And then I would kind of make a data set of all the questions and answers and then compile them and and kind of find similarities. That was my idea to be kind of more scientific about it. But I don't think that it's beneficial for the average listener, like why would that interest you? So I want it to be more open instead of bald. And I want to be able to explore different avenues of their business through conversation. Because I want VentureStep to be a learning place for entrepreneurs or entrepreneurs where everyone could potentially share, add, and or subtract information where if there's a good idea, maybe there's a better idea. And if that idea doesn't work out and it's fatal for the business, then subtract it. So that that's my idea currently. The pandemic really, obviously there, there are bigger matters at hand. There are lives at stake and there are, are many lives lost, millions of people. So... To me, it's not a big deal to not really have the opportunity to record with entrepreneurs. I just want everyone to be safe and hopefully we can get back to a normal or a new normal. But I don't think that it is a good idea to ask an entrepreneur to get on a podcast when there's a pandemic even if it's virtual, because they have serious changes in their business structure. I had a couple of entrepreneurs lined up that were in the service industry and their whole business was shut down, all their revenue, everything 
for months and months. So I would, I would seem pretty foolish if I asked, Hey, do you want to get on a call and do a podcast? I would get my head shoot off. So I think moving forward currently until things kind of settle down and things open back up permanently, not, not like, Oh, we're open for two months. There's a spike. And now we're close. I'm talking about when things are kind of back to normal and you don't have to worry. So moving forward, before we get to the the new normal, I think it would be pretty cool to talk about kind of some case studies in various topics surrounding business, but not necessarily having an entrepreneur on the show unless somebody comes out, comes forward and reaches out to me and says, hey, uh, I, I have something to share. I'd be more than open to it. And it's not like a one-sided street. The, the podcast is going to be transcribed and posted on the internet with company links from the company so that they'll get an increase in ranking on the search algorithms because it uses backlinks and links on a website. So say that you have a website and I post a link from my website to your website, Google will say, hey, this person is trustworthy because not only do they have a website, but they also have people on different websites posting their contents on their website. So they must be trustworthy, right? Pricing. Regardless, the next podcast is definitely going to be on a case study. And the case study is going to be on price sensitivity. I thought it was very interesting when I read about it and listened to the audio of the case study. And I think it's something that is worthy of sharing. Hopefully, I can get to seeing that podcast and recording it in a couple of weeks. Hey, I'm glad you made it this far. I'm going to make some clarifications and corrections that I said throughout the show. One thing that I would like to correct is 4Ocean is not a non-for-profit charity. It is a for-profit business and cannot accept donations, but 98% of their revenue goes to cleaning up oceans. And Alibaba trade insurance is 30 days. So within 30 days of delivery, you would have to file a claim. And I also need to correct something I said. I said one out of the two girls that I gave clothes to took the clothes and basically stole them. That is incorrect. Actually, I gave clothes out to three girls and two out of the three took the clothes and then didn't give me credit but kept wearing the clothes. Also, if some of the audio sounds a little off or weird, it's because some of the audio was corrupted during production and... I had to make do with what I had because currently I am remote and I'm, I'm not at my house and I won't be at my house for a month. But thank you for getting this far and hopefully you hear from me soon.